Hi, this is Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. Welcome to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. I used to produce and edit the Google Teacher Podcast, hosted by Matt Miller and Casey Bell. You can enjoy the podcast once again, and be sure to visit the new website, chrisnessy.com slash googleteacherpod. Please note that any of the show note links mentioned in the episodes are no longer valid, but if you go to chrisnessy.com, dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Heil from the Partial Credit Podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the podcast you're listening to now. The opinions expressed on this podcast are those of each individual host. Be sure to check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast. Your source for the latest news on Google for education. And here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. We're back. Woo-hoo. <laughs> yes, we are back with the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. And although some people have suspected that we were canceled, that is not the case. <laughs> right, exactly. We have heard from many of you. In fact, we were just talking about how next season maybe we'll do a little we'll do a little better job of letting you all know when to expect us back. But yes, we are back and excited after a summer of getting to meet lots of great educators at different schools and districts and conferences and all of that. And there is a lot to talk about, isn't there, Casey? There's so much to talk about, so we can't waste any time in this episode. Are you ready to get to it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So in this episode, we are going to talk about the elephant in the room, the biggest change that so many of you have been talking about. That is the new Google Classroom. If you're a Google Classroom person, you probably have already waded into some of the new features. So we'll kind of give our takes on that and tell you everything that's out there. We've got Google News and updates. We're going to share with you what's available on the blogs. It's going to be great. Casey, you ready to start? Let's go. Okay, who is ready to catch up on all that is new and updated with Google? That is um, probably the number one question after we've had a few months off. I know this particular section tends to be a fan favorite because Google's so hard to keep up with. And of course, they did not disappoint us over the summer. There were all kinds of things that were updated and released. But unfortunately, we can't talk about every single thing. So we have tried to prune this list down to what we feel is going to be the most important to you uh, as a teacher and an educator. So the first thing on the list has to do with Google Chrome. 
and it just turned 10 years old. So they had a little bit of a celebration and announced that there's some updates coming. So um, there is a link back to the keyword blog that's going to show you what it looks like. It is pretty jazzed up, as they say, and they've got a cleaner look. I think they're really trying to help us work faster and, you know, using more intuitive search results and things like that. So you can actually get smart answers directly in the search bar now, and they're going to try to personalize it a little bit more. However, (laughs) the, the version that I believe they're talking about is still in beta and you can test that out. We'll include a link in the show notes that you can go test it out if you want to get a sneak peek. But I was just a little confused because I I really expected this to show up the way people were talking about it. I thought it was going to be in my browser today, Matt, and I don't see it and I don't have any lights, you know, the little colored lights that tell us in our settings that it's time to update. So, and you don't either, right? No, no, I don't. Um, yeah, I, one of the things that I saw in the notes about this new Chrome is that as part of the facelift that goes with it are little hexagon shaped tabs up at the top that have those di- that sort of diagonal ends on them are supposed to go away and they're supposed to become more like rectangles. So I think that's probably going to be the big, for me at least, that's going to be the big, um, sort of design indicator that shows me that it's come through. But yeah, yeah, definitely hasn't for me either. Um, but like you were saying earlier, with the the smart answers coming into the search bar, whenever you search for things, it just pops right up there, which does definitely save time. And I think they're doing some some good things too with integrating passwords and your credit cards and all of that stuff that Chrome already saved. I think it's getting smarter there too. So uh, definitely interested in seeing the changes on that. Moving right along, we have a little update that has to do with Google Forms, specifically whenever you're using it within Google Sites. So if you ever take Google Forms and embed them into a Google Site, you probably know that there haven't been a whole lot of formatting options for you. They're, they're starting to roll out an opportunity to do all sorts of different things with, uh, with embedded Google Forms, including a black, a background that blends into the rest of the website. Um, they'll suggest the height and the width so that it looks like it's a, a perfect fit, better use of space. So it's just going to look better. Also, whenever you're going mobile to desktop, there will be more adaptive viewing there. So it'll, it'll convert better from, from desktop to the mobile that you'd see on your tablet or your cell phone. So if you use Google Forms in Google Sites, then this is something that you can look forward to. Yeah, you know, actually, when I saw the title, I felt like it was a little bit misleading because I embed all the time, but not as often in a Google Site. So I was really hoping that that was going to apply everywhere. However, Google Sites continues to improve as well. And so we also got just a few days ago the ability to add buttons to improve the way you put links into your site. So it kind of gives it that more professional look. And you're going to be able to find these buttons in the insert menu as well. And of course, you can change the colors along with the themes and find all of that there. So you just click on insert, go to button, you type in the title of the button, copy and paste the link, and it's that easy. 
That's that's really cool. And it does make things pretty easy whenever people are used to seeing buttons on so many other sites, being able to put that into your Google Sites now, that'll be really good. The next one we've got, this is one that I'm actually pretty excited about and have started using on a pretty regular basis. And it has to do with the quick access side panel. Have you seen this yet? Because it's it's pretty cool. Whenever you've got a document or slides or sheets or calendar or a wide variety of things in G Suite, whenever you've got them open, there's this little skinny panel over on the right side of the window that has an icon for calendar and for Google Keep and for tasks. And whenever you click on one of those little icons, it opens up a sidebar where you can work with your calendar without leaving docs, for instance. Or you can look at the notes on your Google Keep notepad without leaving slides. I've I've already really appreciated this. I was just telling Casey a little bit ago, I was just working with a document and sometimes I actually pull out a physical paper notepad. Hopefully that's not too geeky or too Luddite of me, (laughs) but I do that sometimes. And I found that whenever I have the keep notepad open in that little sidebar, it's just like having that, that notepad. And so I kind of like ditched my paper and went over to, to using that. So this is, this is a feature that I'm kind of excited about. Casey, did I hear you whisper? Yes. When I asked if this makes me geeky. No, I said gasp. <laughs> oh, you said gasp. I thought you said yes. <laughs> no, and I was gasping about the paper, not about the geek. We all know you're a geek. Right, so right. Okay, no, that's <laughs> no cool. No surprise there. We're both geeks. Uh, yeah. In fact, we I, I just pulled it up because I was testing something in Google Slides, and it was actually a presentation that you and I have done together called Geeking Out Over Google Classroom. So right. it's very appropriate that that popped up. Mm-hmm. But what I was testing was – The idea of opening that Google Keep notepad in the sidebar is so much like when we got the integration into slides. Yeah. What I had just noticed is it's not under tools anymore. It's just in that piece. But we now have it in in docs as well. So we're seeing it across platforms, which is better. But I was like, hey, this is still, you know, like, what's the difference? And so it's it's not actually there anymore. So um, I got to update some resources. <laughs> there you go. Lucky you. Oh, yeah, always. Okay, moving on to our, our last update here. You can now create section layouts with ins- insights. And it's really easy to do. Um, you just select from your insert menu whichever layout you prefer, and it will, you know, give you those pre-proportioned little sections, right, in there. So you can have, you know, an image on the left, wrap the text on the right, you know, and I've, I've really liked the way that you can drag and drop inside the new sites, but I have spent some time trying to get things sized exactly the way I want it. So I really appreciate this, especially now that I could like, grab the section that has three images right in a row and go get those all perfectly sized. Cause you know, I'm going to go crazy trying to get everything just right. <laughs> yeah. It does kind of make you nuts when something's just a little bit bigger or a little bit off kilter. And yeah, that should, that should definitely save some time. So uh, if you want to check out more about any of these news and updates, feel free to head over to our show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 57. So as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the big, big news that's come out this summer related to Google in the classroom seems to be Google Classroom. And we've got what they're calling, what some people are calling anyway, the new Google Classroom. 
And there are enough changes that came in over the summer that you, I think you could, you could very easily call it that. Um, I know Casey and I learned about it at the ISTE conference. This is the, the big technology conference that they have, um, in June. And we were, we were both there and heard about some of the, some of the new features there. And so I know a lot of teachers have been coming in to their classrooms or, you know, just booting up their, their Google classroom for the first time for the year, or even, you know, maybe days or weeks into the school year. And they're going, wow, this still feels very different in many ways. And I know that the Google classroom team does keep in touch with teachers and they read a lot of that feedback that we leave. So I'm sure that a lot of these changes are based on things that teachers were asking for and they're always trying to make things easier on us. But I know whenever changes happen, sometimes it's tough to get used to those changes. That's probably pretty safe to say, right, Casey? Yeah, you know, change is hard for everyone. And um, I think there is become sort of a love-hate relationship with Google Classroom. And I've had some very interesting conversations with teachers. Uh, but first of all, the, the really tough part was so many schools start so early. And when they announced these changes, they weren't actually available. So all Google told us was in the fall, <laughs> which, you right. know, just really, really Thanks for teachers. that. Yeah. Like, so the idea that, you know, they had to, well, do I create my classes or do I wait for this to come out? So we had, you know, we had a lot of issues with that. Well, they did roll it out pretty quickly, early August, which I know was very useful for a lot of teachers. And we got several new new pieces and sort of a new arrangement to the way things work inside of Classroom. And so one of the biggest changes is instead of having just the stream, which was like everything, announcements, assignments, posts, all of that in one place, they broke that into two sections. So the stream is now actually strictly for announcements and the classwork page became this new assignment manager. And so we got this this new division. We got several new pieces to the pie, so to speak. And, you know, the I think I should start with the new classroom, uh, the classwork page itself. Yeah. And that that became a very interesting changeover for most people because they they shifted some things around. They changed the way that we use topics. And so they they actually told me that the idea behind the new organization in the classwork page was really to help teachers organize into modules, you know, like units of study and things like that by using those topics. I think as we have progressed, we have seen um, some some issues with trying trying to do that inside the classwork page and get it organized in the right manner. And I don't know that we have any exact <laughs> recommendations at this point, because I think that's sort of yeah. a personal preference. And I'm seeing a right. lot of teachers organizing by unit of study, but I'm also seeing te teachers un uh, create topics by day. And that one really blows my mind. I, for me, that seems like too much. But um, and then, you know, there's also sort of just categorizing it into, you know, tests, daily work, bell ringers, those sorts of things by creating those those um, topics. Well, the other thing that that changed here was the fact that 
you can no longer filter by topic. There used to be a little sidebar where you could just click on the topic and jump to that. While we got a sort of a more powerful way to use topics, jumping to topics has become a little bit more difficult. It is. It has been sort of interesting to see the organizational strategies that people use. You know, I always come back to also, in addition to all of this, um, you know, that suggestion that, that we've talked about a few times on air here about putting the the numbers in with every single assignment. And so whenever you're on that classwork page, that does kind of give you a little bit of sense of order whenever you can see them in numerical order like that. But um, yeah, I think... I think as we get more and more comfortable with topics, it will be interesting to see what strategies um, we we come up with in the classroom for using those. Because you know it is it is sort of interesting to see whenever you get an option like that, how teachers actually use it in in a real classroom. So so yeah, the the classwork page I think is definitely a big one. Another thing, of course, that that comes with all of this is that we've also got new grading tools. And so whenever you actually click into an assignment, now you've got a variety of different changes. So now you can switch between grades, uh, student submissions, comments, you can even save common feedback. You know, this is one thing that I thought was really cool. This is, of course, whenever you click on something that a student has turned into you, like a document or a slide presentation or whatever. And then you've got this comment bank that you can work from that allows you to add your comments that you use on a regular basis. Um, I was just talking to an English teacher recently and was saying, you know, if you feel yourself saying run on sentence and comma splice all the time in your comments, then you add those to your comment bank and then you're able to kind of drag those over. And I know that a lot of teachers have been trying to do something like this, have kind of come up with a variety of hacks. Uh, some of them would use that um, Google Keep notepad that we were just talking about um, to to copy and paste comments over. Um, and so that's that's one thing that I think can be useful if used in the right way. In addition to that, if we want to try to kick up our feedback that we leave for students in those, you can always add a link to a video that explains things a little bit more deeply. Um, I know sometimes people will use uh, a screencasting tool like Screencastify to record some spoken comments and have a recording of what that document or slide presentation or whatever looks like so that it's almost like you're sitting, you know, side by side, like, um, you know, conferencing with the student, and then you could paste that into a, a comment in the same way. So there's there's a variety of ways that I think you can use these comments. And I think the comment bank, you know, for some teachers will be a good addition. Definitely. I think a lot of teachers are liking that new grading workflow where they can open that up from the assignment and toggle through each student as opposed to having to open those separately, which right. is really great. Going to save you some clicks and that comment bank. I am a huge fan of, of course, you can leave that, that grade there and a private comment for the student all in the sidebar. And before you re return it to the student, However, I think most of the teachers that I have worked with don't actually keep their grades in classrooms. So I don't know how useful that is until we kind of get a better 
connection to our grade books. But, um, and by the way, if you're lost, <laughs> that's okay. Um, this is, this is pretty complicated to talk about just via audio. So be sure that you check our show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 57, and you will find links to all of the how-to documentation, the update, the, the official announcement from Google, as well as the resources that Matt and I have created to help mm-hmm. you along the way. So I just wanted to mention that because I feel like it, it kind of gets a little gray when you're trying to imagine it, if you're out on your run or listening in your car. So the the other piece that really had teachers in an uproar was the loss of the about tab. Oh which, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. You, you would have thought that like somebody took away, you know, like their coffee or something. <laughs> it, <laughs> Don't mess with my coffee. Yeah, no kidding. It, it, and I totally agree because I use the About tab um, for all kinds of stuff whenever I'm teaching with Google Classroom. And it really kind of dampened some things. So Google listened. And so after that initial update rolled out and they heard how many complaints, hey, where do we put classroom materials? Because we were having to find workarounds, which, you know, hey, we shouldn't have to be hacking things to make it work. Right. And yeah. so um, just just last week, Google uh, released the ability to add materials to the classwork page. So um, the create button on the classwork page actually moved from the bottom right, where we kind of get used to it, up to the top. And you will now be able to click there and add your materials. However... Again, it's going to be organized in that same page with the same topics. So um, there is no way to pin something to the top either. So you have to go to the three dots and move things up and down as you like. So that's requiring a few more clicks to get things where you want. But you can now add those things like your, you know, your syllabus, your class rules, those files and things that you use throughout the year that you want kids to get to very quickly. Um, and that's something I would definitely be keeping near the, the top of my classwork page. So, you know, there's, there's, there's been a lot of different things. So the, um, the third tab is the people tab, but the settings is actually a little wheel, little cog yeah. gear, whatever you want to call it, um, near the top right pretty quick and simple page, but this is where you can get that class code. You can go full screen. This is where you determine if students are going to be allowed to um, post or comment, if you're going to allow that. And then just for you, the teacher, if you want to see those deleted items, and they'll just kind of show up grayed out for you if you've deleted something. Um, This is also where you could go back and change the name of your class, but it's a pretty simple page. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, then what replaced about was the word people. <laughs> yeah. The people tab. Yes. So the people tab is the one where all of the people are. Can you imagine that? <laughs> so if you open that up, that's where the teachers are. If there are any co-teachers, this is where that all shows up. I know there's a little confusion for a little while about where did my co-teachers go? Um, you know, that all shows up in the people so if you need to add new students, that's the place to do it. Um, if you need to, you know, email guardians, email students, mute students, that kind of thing. This is this is the place that that you can do all of those things. Um, so it just kind of consolidated all of that into into one place, which which was good. So um, that's. That's the people tab. So now, just like Casey was saying, we've got the stream, we've got the classwork, and then we've got the the people tab is kind of the the way that that is all um, kind of 
organized now. So yeah, if you think of it in that way, where the stream has all of your announcements and the things that are going on in class, the classwork has all of your assignments and materials, and then the people has all of your people. It has your your students and your teachers. If you think of it that way, that kind of makes everything make a little more sense, maybe. Yeah, the people thing kind of drove me crazy because I almost feel like that just it's like a roster or, you know, I was like that for something that's designed for K-12, changing the word student just kind of lost uh, for me, but oh, yeah, yeah I was like people, they're not people, they're students. Uh, yeah, they huh. are people, but <laughs> that's the English teacher and you wanting uh, precise language, I, isn't it? I digress. I digress. No, um, we got a few other little things along the way. One thing that I think is really useful is you can now copy an entire class Oh, yeah. And um, you can do that from your home page of your classes and go to your three dots and you can copy from there and it will copy all of the assignments and topics, but it will add them as um, drafts so you can then decide when they go in. So that's that's really, um, I think, a, a nice little update, especially those of you who were sort of working on old classes and wanted the updates. That way you could get that that new piece. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. All of those updates are right over here on our show notes. Like Casey said, we do also have links to all of the Google support pages for all of those things. So if there's one particular thing that you want to see the, the details of, go for that. And then we've got a variety of different resources that we've created related to Google Classroom. So all of that stuff is over there on the show notes. So feel free to go check that out at googleteachertribe.com slash 57. Okay, y'all, we had so much to cover in such a short amount of time in this episode that uh, we decided we were going to skip the mailbag for this first episode of season three. And that's not because we didn't have questions. We had some great questions coming in. But guess what? We love the voicemail, right? Oh, we do. Yes. Hint, hint, hint. Come back to us. We did not go anywhere. We were not canceled. Come leave (laughs) us some voicemails. We love hearing your your voices and hearing you talk about the things that you're doing and sharing and asking questions and stumping us. So please come back to us. Go to googleteachertribe.com and you can click on feedback at the top and you can leave us a voicemail. So be sure that that you don't forget about that special little feature that we have grown to love here on the tribe. That's right. Yeah. So we we definitely want to make plenty of room for for all of you on the show. Now, in addition to that, Casey and I do have a couple of blog posts that we wanted to um, share with you that we thought might be useful. And we've we've already touched a little bit on Google Keep a couple of times. You know, Google Keep, if you're not familiar, first of all, if you've been listening to the show for very long, you are familiar <laughs> because Casey and I do love to talk about Google Keep. Um, it really is one of those things that I use on a daily, daily, daily basis, like multiple times a day. Um, it's basically like uh, digital sticky notes that go with you wherever your Google account goes on your phone or on your desktop computer or your laptop or Chromebook or whatever. And I just recently did a uh, blog post and tutorial video. It's called Seven Ninja Google Keep Tricks for the Classroom. And so there are a variety of them. There are some uh, timestamps that you can jump straight to what you need and one of the ones that that 
I thought was really cool was how if you ever go to a staff meeting and they give you a paper agenda, first of all, who's doing paper agendas anymore? (laughs) But well, I was the one who was saying I used paper earlier, so I can't hate on paper too much. But if they do that and you're a Google Keep user, all you've got to do is open up a new Google Keep note and snap a picture of that. And then you can use the annotate feature where you can draw on the image and you can actually use your finger to write in any notes that you need on top of that image instead of writing them on a piece of paper and boom, there's one last piece of paper that you need in your life. So just little things like that that you can use if you are a Google Keep user, you can check that out. That's awesome. You know, I love me some Google Keep. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, I have a guest post that I actually want to share, and um, this actually came out of ISTE. This was a a presentation that I heard about and I didn't get to attend, and so I reached out to Micah Shippey, and Micah presented on how to create apps with Google Slides. Well, hey, what do I always talk about? Google Slides. Yes, it seems to never end. The, uh, the, the Swiss Army knife of G Suite just continues to add a little tool to our tool belt every single time. And essentially what Micah shows us, and he has a template that you can even use too that's in the post, but he changes the size uh, to, to really kind of fit more of a mobile phone looking app. When, you, when you're running your presentation on a mobile phone, but of course you can still see it all on the desktop and create it and set up the little icons. So his example is actually creating a school app, you know, like what's on the, the lunch calendar, what's, oh, you yeah. know, like where's the campus calendar, um, all just sort of those things that parents and kids go to a lot. And, you know, there, of course, there's a little, you know, home button and everything. And of course, this is using that internal linking feature in slides, where you link um, your image, your words, your buttons, whatever you've created to another slide. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a similar thing that we've talked about um, on several episodes, but it's really neat because it does sort of behave like an app. And it's a great way to get your kids to creating, and by the way, I'm using my little air quotes over here, apps with Google Slides. So, you know, if you've ever just wanted to mimic that, um, it's great. And it makes kids feel really good to see that they've created something that kind of has that app-like feel. So I, I love that post. And since we spent so much time talking about Google Classroom today, I would be remiss to not mention that um, I actually created an online course for Google Classroom called the Google Classroom Masterclass. And there is a link in the show notes to that as well. So if you really want to take a deep dive, you want some of that hands-on learning plus tons of bonuses and downloads, go check that out. Yeah, that's that's a good one. And this this whole app thing that that Micah Shippey did, this is looking pretty cool. I mean, it, it's it's brilliant. It's one of those things where you think, my goodness, why has nobody thought of that before? Or why have I never seen that before? It's such a great idea. So I'm glad that you're sharing that. Okay, Matt, I think that wraps up our first episode of season three. Doesn't it feel good to be back, to be back in the saddle and recording podcast episodes again? Yes, I can I can hear back in the saddle playing now. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> Somebody's going to be humming that for the rest of the day and it's going to yes. be my fault. Yes, new hashtags, new nicknames. I must be stopped. That's okay, right. y'all, that's it. We have filled your brains with as much information as we possibly can. So we hope you're all walking away with a little more knowledge about what's going on with Google and Google Classroom. And you are ready to tackle this 
in whatever role you have in in a classroom or outside of the classroom. And we thank you so much for, for listening and being a loyal listener of the Google Teacher Tribe. Yes, and we will see you on the next episode of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power. And may the Googles be with you. again with the right microphone. Yay. Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, shakeuplearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. Dot com, and I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech podcast.